on TV, online, and on Amatopia. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. We are back in the booth together. I moved back to England. Just kidding. I'm here doing more <laughs> PCA shows. Speaking of which, PCA Main Event Bubble Show was just released. EPT 12 is starting soon. Woo! That means you start getting paychecks again. Correct. I am on board for that. So this is our Barcelona preview show. And dropping by today, electronically, a woman who had her deepest, wettest EPT run ever in Barcelona, Fatima Marrera Cachito Alonso Mastrantonio de Melo. And as always, another edition of Superfan vs. Stapes coming up. Time for me now to introduce my work wife to my Joe Stapleton husbandry is Lady James Hardigan. Why, thank you, sir. It's lovely to have you sat opposite me. It is. It's nice to. Uh, it's nice to be back. It's nice that we don't have a slight delay in well, our technology. Here's the weird thing. Yeah. When we started last week's show, I think that delay was like a split second. It was nothing. It was no problem. Over the course of the what was it? One hour and fifteen minutes that we did the show. Yeah. That delay built up, and by the end, the reason why that rap at the end was so awful is that the delay had extended to one and a half seconds. I would say that's probably. There are probably multiple reasons why the rap was so awful. One of which being <laughs> the second and a half delay. I'm going to say it was because of the delay. By the way, Jake Fescannon, who was last week's superfan, uh, thought it was a great show, uh, despite his section. He says, thanks for letting me show people how not to be an expert in something. He wants more delayed rapping. That's how much he liked it. Uh, for Keith Woodward, the best part of episode 14 was superfan Jake versus Stapes and Hartigan saying, this is an unmitigated disaster and I'm loving it. It was an unmitigated disaster, but I also did love it. I thought that was a good segment. I like Jake a lot. Jake was a nice boy. Uh, we are also picking up new listeners, new fans. Aaron Mullet, is that your real name? Says, just got into EPC Not Live and I have to say thank you for making my work day hilarious. Uh, Andy Gibbons has been saving up the shows because he's been away. Uh, and then there's Johnny, who is saving his PCA viewing for the evenings, listens to the podcast during the day, so had to pause when we started talking about the PCA TV show because he was actually worried he was going to get spoilers. That is the true mark of a superfan. And John, I'm putting you on the list. Sadly, you will not be appearing on today's show in the Superfan vs. Stapes segment. We'll reveal who is a bit later on. We had a, we had a piece of praise that was uh, sent specifically to me, although I'm sure maybe she uh, shared it with you also, James. Uh, this is from Francine Watson said that you moneymaker game this week is undoubtedly the best game ever. Loved it. Laughed my head off. Uh, Gareth Taylor, who doesn't necessarily work in this building, but is also a fan, uh, says another great podcast. Uh, and then watching the PCA hashtag poker evening. Uh, so thank you for all the messages of support. And can I just point out, yeah. Joe? Yes, yeah, so he's literally pointing right now, by the way. Despite your cynicism... <laughs> I thought that there was a decent response this week to your request for people to come up with ideas to Spotify. Poker. Yes, there was. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. And I needed. I thanks for reading those nice tweets, James, because I'm not. I'm not having a very good day today. I could tell. I walked in this morning. I went, "Hi, Joe. How are you? Bear in mind, I haven't seen you for a while. You've been out in the states. You flew into London yesterday. Oh, fine, fine." Well, I mean, part of it's that I don't like to talk a lot before the show because I like things to be fresh. So I just don't want to. I can read you like a book. 
But yes, I'm not having the best day today. First of all, doing the show remotely last week blew out my my. Remember that MacBook I've been ranting about? The that one brand, that cost you the three thousand dollar goddamn MacBook Pro. Well, it was never working properly from day one, so it no. doesn't surprise me that it's now gone kaput. Yeah, so that like basically started sparking last week before <laughs> the show. Before the show, I just like kind of pretended like nothing happened. So that's it's covered by a warranty, though, right? I mean, you can take it back and say, "Give me a it new is covered computer." By, right, I took it in. Well, I, I I can't say give me a new computer, but they are going to replace what's wrong with it, um, and. But the guy did go like, as long as there's no physical damage, it's covered by warranty. And then he looks at me, he's like, did you drop any water on it? And all I wanted to go is like, if I did, I wouldn't fucking tell you. Like, I wouldn't, but like, why even ask that? It's like when they ask you at customs, like, are you a terrorist? <laughs> and the, the guy's like, yes, I mean, no, I mean, no, shit. So my computer's broken. Uh, is the first thing. So that's annoying that I have to use my old computer. Uh, second thing is that like, this was like a little rough flying here. Like I got in, I scheduled myself a date, got in at two o'clock in the morning, had to leave my apartment by five in the morning to get to JFK by 6.15 in the morning. This is weird because most flights from New York to London are red-eye flights. Most yeah. of them leave late evening, normally at 10 o'clock, and arrive in London around 8 a.m. the following day. But you actually spent an entire day, effectively, yes. when you factor in the time difference, on a plane. Yeah, I lost a day, which I wasn't... That like, sucks. I knew it was going to happen, but, like, you know, when you lose a day, you're like, fuck, what, like, what, what just happened? So there's that. And, like, not only did I not have the day, but I also didn't really sleep either. So it's just, like, a weird travel day that I went through and then the fucking kicker is that I get off the plane and we had been delayed in New York for about 90 minutes because it was raining real bad and they right. shut down a few runways and my luggage must have sat on the runway for a while because every single article of clothing I had in my bag was soaked and unwearable do you have now I'm not saying that it's necessarily your fault yeah do you have a canvas bag yes there is your first error now not just because of the elements but also because of the people I like to call the chuckers, baggage handlers. If you've ever seen them at work, you would know that a hard case, for example, Samsonite, other brands are available, <laughs> is the way to go. And as a frequent traveler, I am amazed it's taken you this long to realize that your choice of a canvas case was a fundamentally flawed decision. I didn't choose this case. I've had this bag for so long Time that, to upgrade. that it was a gift. Uh, and I like, I, I like keeping my things till they fall apart. Like I like the fact that this bag's been around the world with me a few times. I've had this bag for 10 years, probably. Joe, this is a wake up call. Fuck. So this is my fault. I don't get to complain. I that didn't my... say it was necessarily your fault. What would James Hardigan do? I know that the first thing you would do is not have a canvas bag. Would you complain to the airline that all of your clothes were unwearable when they arrived? I don't think you really have cause for complaint. What if I had had like my iPad in there? Who carries their iPad in their hold baggage? Um, I don't know. Just who, have you ever carried electronics at all in your hold baggage? You've uh, never. No, I wouldn't trust anything valuable in there at all. I mean, it's just. I mean, I say valuable. Obviously, you got clothes and toiletries and stuff. Sometimes in there. I've been forced to. Well, I didn't anyway. And luckily, we got. I got a new sound machine. One of those new sound boxes for Barcelona. We're getting into that later. That didn't get wrecked, so I'm not going to make a big deal about Good. it. Good. Luckily, it's just a short trip, so there wasn't a ton of clothes that I needed to have dry. Uh, I had a, like a root canal, a redone root canal last week. That's hurting. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We had a conversation where you said this was the first time in however many years you'd been to the dentist. Yeah. 
And it's like, yeah, perfect teeth. Yeah. Next minute, you're having root canal. No, what, I what? had a so I had a root canal like seven years ago. Right. And ever since then, it wasn't right. And when I bite down the wrong way, I would get a shooting pain oh. like up into my mouth. Like I haven't had, I haven't been able to fully enjoy a meal in like seven years. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm back in the states. I have a little bit of money at the moment where I can go get this fixed. So I had them redo the root canal and they found another root in there. Just out of interest, you don't have to say the exact figure. How much is root canal in the States? I'll five, tell you. Five figures? It was $1,650 for the root canal. I was My ballpark was going to be two grand. So actually it came in under. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yeah, I threw that right on the credit card. No problem. <laughs> um, I've got a bit of money, so I put it on my credit card. Well, the thing is, I didn't walk in with $1,600 cash to pay for it. I mean, that's just how you do I've it. I've like, seen you. You walk around with a big fat wad of money, some of which is US currency, some of which is UK, is correct, some I, of which is Europe. I have that in my very pocket right now. <laughs> Uh, so I had that done, but like now my, I don't know if it's normal that like my, my mouth hurts more now than it did before I went in there. And I don't know how long that's supposed to take to heal. So I feel like maybe something's gone wrong there. I'm just having a not very good day. And then today when I tried to come into the building, my ID badge didn't work to get in. Oh, did we not give him the memo guys? Well, that you joke, but like, first of all, that, that it not only did not work, but like an alarm went off. No. And so I was like, you know what? This is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen when they finally shit can my ass. It's not going to be like any warning. It's going to be like, <laughs> we fixed the glitch. Like we, we fixed the freaking glitch. So I'm just really like not in this most stellar mood today. Although I will say I tend to be a little bit funnier. Oh, and right before the show started, I got like the list of damages from my apartment that I moved out of here. Like the, here's what we're taking out of your deposit. And they found a way to come up with 828 pounds worth of damage. What is that as a percentage of the deposit? Well, I think they're also going to try to claim I put down less of a deposit than I really did. Oh my God. You really are getting screwed right now, but it's like a third of the deposit. That's, that really is. Or if it's the lower figure, it's like half the deposit. That's disgusting. It is. Dis well, not as disgusting as the couch. That's the one thing I'm not going to uh, confess. Cause I did have a squirter there like a week before a uh week before I checked out. And that is on me. That oh. is on me. That's, <laughs> that is not a problem. That is something that I am going to, I own that. Okay, I, but there's other things that aren't my fault. What was the thing I said? They charged me 15 pounds because one of the handles on one of my kitchen cabinets was loose. What the fuck? Like, well, what clearly, the actual you were, fuck? You were clearly too aggressive right. when retrieving a plate. I just come home. I'm like, I got to find a paper towel to clean up after this squirter. And I'm just fucking tearing handles off of cabinets. Unbelievable. So I'm just not in a good mood. But something that did perk me up a little bit, even though it happened before all this, I saw that you tweeted one of your little souvenirs that you got from uh, from Griffin. Oh, yeah, when we were in Canada. This is something yeah. we didn't talk about last week. Um, before you went to Griffin Benger's place for the after party, after Daniel's summer party, we'd actually been around there in the morning because Griffin was, I can't think of another word to use, desperate to show us his collection of comic book figurines. Yeah. Uh, and nerd, obviously he's nerd stuff. I mean, he's basically his entire apartment is like a, a nerd den. Um, and he's got some ones which have cost him a lot of money. Uh, they are collector's items. And we just got chatting about superheroes. And when I was a kid growing up, the Superman movies, Superman one and two were like two of my favorite films. And I mentioned to him that I felt that 
as many people do, Superman 2 is a flawed film for many reasons related to its uh, production history. And that somewhere in there, if you combine the various elements that exist, whether it's the theatrical cut, the Richard Donner cut, there is a decent version of Superman 2 to be made. Superman 2 is the one where he gets smashed into the pinball machine? The, well, he, well, the guy at the end, yeah. The guy at the end, right. And yeah, then Rocky. It's, the, it's the one with Zod. Yes. That's, the, that's, Neil that's Zod. the only one I actually, that's the only one I like. Just to, I don't want to go into this in too much detail, but what you have to understand is that Superman 1 and 2 were shot at the same time. So in the same way that they made the Matrix sequels, the same way that Peter Jackson made the Lord of the Rings film. Is this film, the first time they'd ever done that? Yes. It was un, un, unheard of in yeah. the 70s. Now, there was a case with the, the producers, the Salkins, the previous movie they made, The Three Musketeers, they ended up cutting into two films, but it was never planned to be two films. Okay. And it actually created a rule in Hollywood known as the Salkin rule, which is you can't pay actors once for two films. So this time they had to be completely upfront and honest and say, we're shooting two films and we're shooting them back to back. Um, now, as you can imagine... This was a multi-million dollar production. It went over schedule. So they were so sure that Superman was going to be a hit that they were going to make two movies. They already had the distribution deal with Warner Brothers to release two movies. Okay. So Mario Puzo of Godfather fame wrote the original story and the first screenplay, which was apparently unfilmable. Oh, and that explains why Marlon Brando's in it. Uh, I think Brando was attracted to the fact that it was Puzo material. Yeah. I think he was more attracted to the fact they paid him a ludicrous sum of money for no work at all. Okay, sure. Um... But yeah, Puzo's Kinda original like me with this show. Puzo's original screenplay was unfilmable. It was 500 pages. But that was the basic <laughs> story that formed this two movies that formed the arc of like the Lex Luthor story in the first movie and then the supervillains being released from I the know you don't want to but I'm so curious about movie. this. It was Puzo was he like a fan of the comic book? Like had he been No, they paid him a fuckload of money. They realized that they were financing the movie themselves. Cuz the guys that write movies now are like fans and they've been reading the comic books and they do a really good job because like they know they know like the Bible. To be fair, Puzo did his research. He looked back at the uh, uh, the canon. Yeah, that's uh, it, the canon. And he, and he created a storyline that was immersed in like Superman legend. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he kind of, he earned his, whatever they paid him, $600,000. But because they were trying to finance the movie themselves, they knew they had to have big names attached. Thousand dollars so a up page. front, it was like, Mario Puzo's written the story and we've got Brando and Hackman attached. And that's how you raise the money. Now, Brando... I think he filmed all of his scenes for both movies in a week. They paid him $7 million up front plus a share of the gross. I think it was 11% of the gross. Not Holy the net Lord. of the gross. What? So from the first movie alone, he made around $50 million. And that's why they cut him out of the second movie because they were like, we don't want to pay him that again. Right. We're, we're losing out on revenue here. So he only got it if he's in the movie. Exactly. And they cut him out of the movie. Exactly. But to go back to the troubled history, having gone massively over schedule and over budget, they stopped filming Superman 2 with about 70% of it in the can, finished the first movie, got that out into cinemas, and to cut what has become a very long story short, the original director, Richard Donner, fell out with the producers, was not invited back, or chose not to return, whichever story you believe, to make two. So Richard Lester comes in, reshoots... The other Richard reshoots a lot of Donner's material because he wanted sole director credit, um, adds a new beginning, redoes certain scenes, and that's the Superman 2 that is out in cinemas. But I think the main problem with the second movie is because of the producer's decision not to include the Brando scenes, there are massive gaping holes in the plot. The biggest plot hole being how the hell 
after renouncing his powers, does Superman become Superman again? He goes back to the Fortress of Solitude. He picks up the green crystal and cut. Next time we see him, he's Superman again. What happened? So what have you... You've been working on something. So then... Richard Donner is allowed to release his version of the movie several years later. I think it was 2006. It With came out Brando on DVD. restored? With Brad, because at this point, Brando's he's dead. dead. <laughs> his family agreed to release the footage for a agreed fee. Okay. Now, obviously, they still got something out of it, but it's not going to be in the region of 11%. So the Brando scenes are restored, but the problem with the Richard Donner version, it's an unfinished movie. It's like a work print. It's 70%. like an assembly cut. Yeah. So by using the bare bones of, well, not the bare bones. If you use the theatrical version, put Brando back in, put more of the Donner footage back in, especially all the stuff with Gene Hackman, who I love as Lex Luthor. And a lot of the, his scenes were cut or pared down from the original theatrical cut. You've got what I like to call Superman 2, the special edition, which now lives on my computer at home as my preferred version of Superman. Wait, 2. so you've done this? Yes, you I've went, made this in your spare time. So all the time that I spend just trolling the internet, looking for what what was the word you just used? Gaping holes. Um, <laughs> so you are trying to fill gaping holes in Superman two. I'm trying to fill gaping holes in human beings, and you you have done this. That is impressive. Like that is some real I'm, nerd shit, buddy. Joe, there are more fan edits of Superman two than I think there are of so any other movie. So what's different about there. yours than the other fan edits? Like because how did you think that I, you could do something better? It's not necessarily better. It's a very much personal preference. Now I am not the Donna purist that many other fans are. Okay, and I actually don't think that there is too much wrong because i the, saw, theatrical cut i saw one where the, someone had spliced in a bunch of scenes from the goonies into superman 2 like that's how much <laughs> they love richard donner hey you guys plus really Lee, Lee Riggs and mortar shop at yeah, the end exactly. arrest lex luther getting too old for this shit um no my version very much adheres to the plot of the theatrical version it pairs down the silliness at the end so the guy with gets, doesn't get the ice cream in the face there's no cellophane s or any of that stupid stuff um, but it does have the whole Paris plot with the bomb and the Eiffel Tower. Um, it does have the villains tearing up the small town in Idaho. Um, but it puts in Marlon Brando and takes out the mother, which I think is very important to the plot. And it, as I said, it reinstates the uh, a lot of the dialogue involving Gene Hackman. This is cool. I want to watch this. So... I obviously get talking to Griffin and tell him I've done this. And he's like, man, that's so awesome. And Griffin's like hanging on your every word, right? Because this is like right in his wheelhouse. But did we say it's Griffin Bender, Shark Cage season one winner? So Griffin's going to get to watch Superman 2, the Hartigan cut. And in exchange, he very kindly gave me one of his rare collectibles, Superman figurines. And honestly, I was kind of like, Griffin, seriously, dude, no. And he goes, yeah, but I've just, he, he basically had upgraded. He just got a new cast iron superman figurine and he has a strict one kind of cut one figure per superhero so basically superman version one was now expendable so i get the clark kent i mean i get the christopher reeve superman he's a nice boy he did the same thing you know i had a girl from tinder come over to his house about four in the morning and she was like a huge hockey fan and he gave her uh like a figurine of like her favorite hockey player that's really, he's a generous dude. So thank you, Griffin. Superman now stands on my desk in the Pokestar's office, guarding my iPhone charger, which everyone thinks is fair game to steal. Ba, 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 ba. TV recap. So here we are, show two of the PCA 2015 main event. It was broadcast on Channel 4 in the UK, now available in the UK and Ireland on all four 
If you're anywhere else in the world, you should be heading to youtube.com slash pokerstars where you can watch Daniel Negreanu and Ronaldo aim for their caches in one of the biggest events of the year. And I will say that there were a couple of really great hands in this show, and I don't really want to give them away or talk about them too much because I, I don't want to spoil them for people who haven't seen them, but there is there is a hand involving Ronaldo that's unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, I think we might have to discuss that hand because that's what a lot, of people, okay, are sure. well, a lot okay. of people are talking about it on Twitter. Fine, Remember, I, I, I uh, defer to you. If you're discussing the TV shows, by the way, use the hashtag PCA2015. Um, I think it's fair to say that people were very excited about the presence of Ronaldo in the show yeah. and the prospect of Ronaldo cashing for the first time ever in a major live event. Uh, JBS says, watching PCA2015 with Ronaldo, about to go out with a pair of aces, but... His opponent folded three of a kind. Yes. The joys <laughs> of poker. Um, Kieran Bruce says Ronaldo is a quality bluffer. Here's the thing, Kieran. I don't think Ronaldo's bluffing. He that. wasn't bluffing. He was definitely he was definitely value raising aces on the end there. Uh, Halcyon says amazing that the real Ronaldo now has a perm and is a boss at poker. Uh, Matthew at big number four says, watching Ronaldo river trips, but raising when completely dead. He rivers trips, the guy's got a straight, and this time he doesn't fold. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Amir says, how did that guy fold trip fours against Ronaldo? Wow. And we discussed this at the time, Joe, I think when we voiced the show. Theory one, he's just a huge Ronaldo fan. And doesn't want to give. Doesn't want to want to see the guy lose. Theory number two: the footballer who you think probably isn't that experienced a poker player is raising. He must have it. Yes, I mean that's that is the that is the act. I mean, I, I I don't know how much weight the first theory has at all. I, I'm I'm going to give that like a four percent chance and ninety six percent. This dude has to have because a four card straight out there, right? And so like, it just doesn't make any sense for him to be raising aces there. So he has to have it. Like he can also be bluffing, but you know, it's more likely what you said. And there was another hand where someone plays it sort of similarly. Like it's just look on the shows. I kind of have to be like a little bit nice. And Ronaldo's like a big star. So we have to be nice about him. But like, look, it wasn't the most, the most, I don't know, the most stellar play ever. It wasn't the most, so, but we well look. He's. I, I don't think Ronaldo is in any illusions as to his own poker correct. ability, and you could see that he was just trying to cling on, make the money, and go as far as it go as far in this thing as he could. It wasn't the standard of play that we're used to seeing on the EBT most of the time. And then we also had. If we're going to talk about standards of play and strange moves, let's talk about Tony Baggio yes, here. That's where I was going next. This I have never seen Daniel Negreanu so befuddled so confused and so frustrated as he was when he came up against the South American dynamo that is Tony Baggio. I, it's really funny when I watch the show back, cause you know, the, the commentary basically escapes me. Like, I don't remember what I said. And when I laugh in real life watching something and then I hear myself laugh in the commentary, that's how I know it's fucking hilarious. And when Daniel stands up and tries to choke him, <laughs> I just, I had the exact same laugh at the exact same moment. Like Daniel, now Daniel wasn't angry, but he's definitely frustrated. And yes. He, he wants to choke Tony Baggio. And I love it because the guy does play like a monkey. Like he's just a button clicker. I'm sorry. He's just clicking buttons out there. It was, uh, 
there's some stuff that didn't actually make the edit, unfortunately. Um, we often go behind the scenes here and talk about like our Too Hot for TV segment. You might remember, Joe, when we did the live stream, we were in a situation where there was more clock controversy and Scott Baumstein yes. kept calling the clock on this guy and, and got into a bit of a fuss with him. And there Is was this a- the guy that gave the qualifier a hard time? Uh, no, no. It's not him. Uh, no, okay. No. Uh, by the way, very sad to see uh, our online qualifier, Laura Garzon, miss out on a cash. Uh, Jeff Michaels, Catman 2.0, he missed out on a cash yeah, we as well. Yeah, just burning through the qualifiers but on the show. Elizabeth Bennett-Martin, who we very quickly decided was our new qualifier, did cash for the second time in the PCA main event. Yeah, so she, good for her. she made it. And you know what? I... If I can, as a suggestion, because, okay, this leads to my big thing about this week's show, by the way. Where were you going, by the way, with the clock guy? All I was going to say is there was so much going on around this bubble. And obviously, we left the audience on a bit of a cliffhanger. We don't normally do this, but we went to commercial with, like, three all-ins and three calls. And the real... When we were hand-for-hand, so there was the real prospect we were going to see the bubble burst. And then we went to break... And the irony is, in real time, it did take a while for the tournament staff to get everything organized, work out where we are, and deal those hands out. So there was actually a break in play there. So with everything going on, to include the storyline of the uh, clock sucker would have been too much. We can't fit that into a 48-minute highlight show. And I kind of felt that we'd addressed that whole concept of people who stall on the bubble so well in the London shows. Right. And we spoke to Marc-Andre Ladoucer about that on EPT Not Live. It happens every time, but we can't necessarily show it. I think every it's time. never not interesting, but I agree that like, you know, there is other things going on that we had to show. One thing I would have liked to see, yeah. and I don't know if we didn't get it or if we just didn't have enough time, but you know, Elizabeth Bennett Martin, was it? Yeah. Elizabeth Bennett Martin, um, she had like three big blinds while this is happening. And I would have really liked to see her reactions as the other all-ins are happening. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, again, I mean, I don't think you necessarily have got Bennett cam. There's not permanently a camera pointed in her face. Crucially, what you do see is her utter jubilation and delight when she cashes in this 10K tournament. So what all this is leading me to is that basically, so I have a roommate now. I have a roommate. His name is Jesse. We call him J-Cat sometimes. And Jesse, he's kind of like, he's a little bit, he's not unlike Jesse Pinkman and that he does all my cooking for me. Okay, but of the food variety. Correct, yes. No, we do not. Just want to make it clear, before you have the DEA showing up on your doorstep, Joe, I want to make it clear that your new apartment in Jersey City is not basically a cookhouse for meth. No, it's mostly kale, which is in some ways worse, (laughs) to be honest. Um, So I watched this with Jesse. Now, Jesse worked with me in the big game. He's a poker fan. He plays poker, you know, to supplement his income. And so watching this show with him is really interesting to get like a fresh set of eyes um, who is both a poker fan and someone who like he doesn't have to be filtered. Now, I have to be a little bit filtered when I do the show. I want to be filtered. I don't want to say all the unfiltered things that come out of my mouth, Um, but he doesn't have to be. And I thought it would be really fun to release like a separate commentary track with Jesse. <laughs> um, so yeah, so maybe we'll look forward to some Jesse alternative commentary every once in a while. But uh, for now, we, we got we to gotta move on to the next thing. Yeah, that was season 11 of the European Poker Tour, just around the corner in six days time. It's season 12.
As tradition dictates, Barcelona is the first leg of the 12th season of the European Poker Tour. We will be there from the 25th to the 31st, live streaming from the 26th to the 30th. So just the main event on EPT Live, Pokestars.tv, the 26th to the 30th with cards up coverage of the final table. I'm just writing that down because I need to know when I'm going to Barcelona. <laughs> 26th to the, to the 30th. Thank God we did this show. And you've got a special treat, Joe. You're actually going to give us a preview of what we might be able to hear if people tune into EPT Live from Barcelona. Yeah, so you guys know I have these like dumb little sound boxes that somehow I get away with using when I'm on the air because just no one ever thought to tell me to stop. And I found another one online. Now, um, it is horror movie themed, like horror themed, Halloween themed. In other words, it's completely inappropriate for broadcast. Yes, well, I just figured what I would do now is I, we can go through the sounds and then you guys at home and James here now can uh, help me figure out in what situations I might be able to use these. So you guys ready? Can we uh, can we kill the uh, 10 seconds left? I don't I can't say I can't think of 10 seconds worth of things to say. I just can't I can't possibly fill for 10 seconds. It's gone now. Okay, here we go. And the by the way, for you guys who don't like sometimes I struggle with the sounds uh, on on the broadcast. Well, there's a reason for that because yes. they, they don't have words. They just have symbols. And you know, like in a car where they don't have words, they have symbols. Like, what the fuck does that button do? And you're trying to work out what that's actually a picture of. It's the same thing with the soundboard. Exactly. The symbols do not necessarily dictate what the sound's going to be. No. So this one, I mean, there's at least four on here that look like someone screaming. Starting with this one. Okay, that one's a repeat. That one is. That one's you've on one of the one other already. boxes. Yep. Okay. You've been, you've been screwed here. Next. Okay, that one is mildly sinister. I don't think that's good. I think that, yeah, that one, the only time that would apply would be when I probably shouldn't be playing it in the first place. Correct. I'll probably still do it. Okay, um, next up is a coffin. Oh, oh, he's drawing dead. Oh, drawing dead. Or what about like when B Bernard Guillaume wakes up at the table? Oh, that's unfair. Oh, Nosferatu. Okay, next is a wolf. Can't really see much of a cause for that one. No. Um, this should be pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's uh, isn't that the call? Call, call. That's the thing they do on Twitch, right? Isn't that like uh, one of the Jason Somerville emotes? A old crow going, call, call, call. <laughs> okay, this one. What is that a toilet flushing? It's a lightning bolt. Oh. Not, Don't not, really see much of a cause no. for lightning bolt. But the, you guys at home, by the way, write them in. Hashtag I'm EPT not live. Uh, if you have suggestions for these, I'll be happy to, uh, to, to try to work them in. This one uh, should be self-explanatory. Is that an owl? That's an owl. Okay. Don't really see much. Who's coming to the table? Who? I don't know. Um, some fangs. That seems wholly unapplicable, inapplicable, but I like it anyway. <laughs> if, if, a, if a Vincent Price lookalike ever appears on the EPT, then we can wheel that effect out. Maybe if I just troll someone real hard. and I just <laughs> uh, Next, we've got a wizard's hat. Oh, it's a, it's a witch's hat. It's a, it's a witch cackling. That one seems a little mean. Let's move on to this, which... Oh, it's a guillotine. 
Ooh, no. It's not good enough. Uh, we've got this guy. Now this I think we can use. What is that meant to be? A heartbeat. Oh. I think we can use that one if it if it sounds right because the mics are a little weird. But you know when it's like a tense moment. Oh, I, think I see. We can do right. That. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like uh, someone's laying down a beat on a Casio synthesizer. That's exactly what it is. Uh, we got a, a knife here. Okay, I think there's there might be cause for using That's that. Someone, let's try and make a sound effect that sounds like the shower scene in Psycho, but means we don't have to pay royalties to Bernard Herrmann's estate. Yeah, it's just off key enough to avoid a financial penalty. It's like someone leaning on a piano. Uh, this is a leaf. Is it gonna be wind, maybe. Yeah, that sounds like an air raid siren. Yeah. When you hear the alarm, you and your family... I'm under the desk right now. Um, we've got a... It looks like a jar of holy water. Okay. Your guess is as good as mine. Well, that, Hashtag EPT not Yeah, live. that one is... I don't... What is it a clock? Hold on, one more time. What, what do you Sh think Show me the is? picture, show me the picture. I have absolutely no idea. That one's a little weird. This one is a, is a kind of a distorted musical symbol. You can go through the rest. I feel like we could use that one. Yeah, that one. That one's definitely going to be used a lot. And finally, um, this looks like a ghost. It's a comedy ghost. It is a comedy ghost. It's like a horse ghost. But what is this? Play the horse ghost again. What is that? I mean, doesn't it look like a, a holy hand grenade or something? I, I don't. I really don't know. I wonder if the horse ghost knows the answer to that. Oh, you know what that is? That's going to be one of those saws, right? Where someone takes the saw and bends it and does the... Anyway, guys, if you have any suggestions for situations where I could use those... Holler at your boy, hashtag EPT, not live. And you'll hear them in action on EPT Live. So back to Barcelona. Now, being the first event of season 12, as you can imagine, a lot of people are going to be there and Team Pokestars Pro is going to be very well represented. Uh, now, one pro who's definitely coming is someone who had her best ever result on the European Poker Tour in Barcelona uh, three years ago. Uh, very pleased to say joining us for the first time on EPT Not Live is Fatima Moreira de Melo. Hello, Fatima. Hey, James. How are you? Hi, Fatima. Hi. Hey, Joski. Fatima, you're my favorite. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. You're mine, too. You know that, too, right? I did not know Especially that. Especially when I you're half naked on a bench where I can wax you. Yes, fantastic. Are we going to do that again? We can leave the cameras out this time. Oh, really? Well, temp <laughs> sounds tempting. Is it a threat or a promise? The bizarre thing is, Fatima, <laughs> we have now been running this yeah. podcast since March. Uh -huh. And you are probably more in demand as a guest for EPT Not Live than anyone else out there. Do you know why? Why? Because this is an uncensored program. <laughs> unlike the TV shows, unlike the live streams... It's no holes barred. And you I've are bettered my life, though. Perfect guest for this environment. Because we don't have to give you a yellow card. I don't have to go, Fatima, every time you say a dirty word. Go for it. Wait, Do your worst. Nice, nice, nice. Did, did you I'm say so you're happy. not swearing anymore, Fatima? Did I just hear that? Nah, just, just a little joke there, Joe. I, oh, I can't God. promise anything. I was just I was trying to find ways around it for just e EPT, the webcasts. 
like by saying like, oh, so I can't say fuck, right? Like, I can't say fuck. Is that right? Yeah, right? On the webcast, you can't. Yeah. But here, we don't no, care. No, but I could say, I could say, so I'm not allowed to say fuck, right? That's what. Oh, I see. So you think that by phrasing in a question, that somehow excuses you. But now you can yeah. say fuck. Great. Great. Although we'll probably add it. It's not th- the same, though, as, well, whatever. Right. It's, it loses its thrill now that you're allowed yeah. to, right? Yeah, it kind of does, actually. Classic yeah. Fatima, always the contrarian. Fatima, <laughs> we are having, by the way, we're going to talk about uh, the swearing a little bit later in this. I've come up with a fun little game for you uh, to see if you oh. can possibly not swear. But before we get to that, uh-huh. this is our. Barcelona preview show and as James mentioned you had your deepest run ever in Barcelona and for us we were actually kind of shocked when we were looking up this morning that was three years ago at this point do you still do you still get that same good feeling about Barcelona Uh, I imagine the year after it happened you're like let's do it again and then the year after that as the wind out of your sails a little bit now are you still amped for Barcelona well I'm really amped for it because I had a good world series I went pretty deep in the main so, uh, well, pretty deep, like, well, end of day four, I made it. So and I well, felt you, like fin- you finished top 300 from a field of like more than six and a half thousand. So yeah, that's going deep. Yeah. And it felt deep. <laughs> it felt good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, and I, I, I was really enjoying Vegas this time, but to be honest, like Barcelona is my favorite stop of the EPT, um, just because of the location and, uh, it's, it's just very convenient. I've really turned into a poker player. I just want convenience all around. And it's, you know, like the arts hotel and then the casino basically underneath it uh, and the beach right in front and the place where you can have dinner and stuff. It's just optimal. So, um, and I've had a really good deep run there. So I, and with the, the way I've been playing lately, I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm very um, confident that I'll be okay there. I'm going to play Astraeus too, by the way. So I have a little nice little warm up, which I like because uh, I, I think I want to incorporate that into my, you know, like process um, this year most of the time because I felt like at World Series, I played like eight tournaments before or seven tournaments before the main. And I feel so nice and warmed up, but not, not like, you know, when you've played like 20 events at the World Series or 25, like a lot of people do, you feel like deadened by the time the main event starts. And I kind of want to, you know, but I do feel like I should warm up a little bit. Well, so. I think I think you'll find the World Series main event will be very useful rehearsal for the Australia's main event. I mentioned that the World Series had about six and a half thousand runners. Australia's is going to have about one hundred thirty-three thousand players. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> you think? Is it going to be online? Uh, I didn't know. I, I, didn't I okay. I exaggerate, but I think it's fair to say the Australia's main event in Barcelona is normally the biggest live event that PokerStars runs in the entire calendar year. Yeah, and that one's worth pre-regging because, you know, it's everyone's going to be there standing in line and shit. So it's probably good to think in advance what day. It's like three starting days, right? One Yeah. Starts on the 19th. Correct. Yeah, just, just getting my shit right. Wow, yeah. you're, re- you're really nailing the Barcelona preview show. <laughs> well. You're, do- you're doing our work for us. You're going through the entire schedule. Can you tell us what's on the 20th? Um, well, the 20th is day 1B of the Estrellas. And what about main. the 21st? Um, day 1C. Oh my God, she's absolutely nailing and then, this. And then the 23rd and 24th is the high roller. Boom! Super right? high roller. Oh, the super high... No, and the... Um, the Estreas... Oh, the Estreas high, high roller. roller. Yes, yes. Yeah, right? And the super high roller is on the 22nd, I think. Is, she, is that no? right? 
We, yes. I, we don't. I mean, we weren't. We were really unprepared for this because we basically we said just checking your. We knowledge, said we you know? just can't be asked to call up the schedule, so let's just get Fatima on the line, and she'll she'll do it all. <laughs> That's amazing, Fatima. Fatima, I was wondering, can you talk for a few seconds about things being deep and feeling really good again? Can you just go back to that? Because everyone, everyone just sort of perked up for a second. No, that's yeah, you okay. Might, you might, yeah, you probably were, but I've never <laughs> experienced that feeling with you. Oh, God. <laughs> Nor will you with an attitude more like that, Fatima. It's more, our contact has been more superficial, to be honest, except for your, the roots of your hairs on your back. They were pretty deep. That was deep. We had a deep, we had a deep muffin top connection. fucking wax, Yeah. <laughs> Fatima, uh, moving on from Barcelona for a second. You've been really busy since uh, the World Series of Poker. Did you did you get to meet Neymar? Yeah, I actually went to Sao Paulo for his charity event, um, and uh, I met him before when he was just signed by Stars. I went to Barcelona during um, EPT Monte Carlo, and um, I met him there briefly, though. And here, yeah, we did. He did like um, a big charity event for the Neymar Institute. That he like he he has like this institute where he has like 2,400 2, kids uh, coming every day of the week, five days a week, uh, for one hour of sports and one hour of teaching, like English or computer stuff or whatever. And they're all from his old neighborhood where he grew up because wow. he used to be really poor. And uh, he figured he'd do something, give something back for his community. So um, we visited the institute the day after the charity event, and uh, yeah, it was it's impressive. You know, he's pretty young, Neymar. You think he's like he's been there for a while, but he's like 23, I think. So it's uh, it's pretty impressive for a young guy like that. He's is a really it, good guy. Is it just me or when you hear Neymar Institute? Do you picture like a bunch of kids running around with like lab coats and like clipboards with a soccer ball in their hand, like <laughs> like somehow scientist so- soccer scientists? No, actually, they get tattoos right away when they're <laughs> <laughs> They're all, their entire arms are tattooed. What's he, uh, what's he like? What's Neymar like? Neymar, he's really humble, which, like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. He's really friendly, too. Like, he was, like, the press, like, at the hotel, you could hear the girls screaming because they knew he was coming because he had announced it in a TV show the day before. So they were waiting in front of the hotel. And he was coming in from the back. Uh, and uh, the press was all waiting for him. Nice. He was busy walking back and forth. And then he saw me, and we briefly met, like, in May. And, you know, like, that was it. And he came over, said hi. You know, like, he he recognizes everyone. Like, it's pretty sick, you know? Like, it's a guy that, when he's in Brazil <laughs> or in Spain, everyone wants something from him. And uh, he's just very... Very willing, very humble, and uh, yeah, really nice guy. And he's really into poker. Like, he loves it. He was a little nervous to play live because we had this TV table there uh, at the charity event. And um, yeah, he was still pretty nervous to, like, you know, like play live and he didn't want to do stuff wrong. And um, but, yeah, he, but he's really into it. I love that about poker. That's one of the things I love about poker is that you find these celebrities and these sports stars that when they're around poker players, you're the celebrity to yeah. them. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. But like, well, Ronaldo actually went pretty deep, uh, Ronaldo Lima, in PCA, right? So he he kind of felt cool after that too, you know? He's now the guy, you know, that went deep from like a lot of the the sports pros, you know? Yeah. Team R- sports stars. Ronaldo is exactly deep. the guy, one of the guys I was thinking of when I said that. And just recently, Phil Kessel, same thing. We were at this party for uh, for Daniel in Toronto and Phil's a huge hockey star and he just is around Daniel and he's, you know, he thinks Daniel's the celebrity. Just before, yeah. just before we move on to the uh, game that you've got prepared for Fatima, while we're talking about Neymar, let's send him our best wishes because, of course, oh, it was yeah. announced this week that he's he's come down with the mumps. 
Have yeah. Which have obviously a is, is a... He has the mumps and then you do have a good day? I want him to have a good day today. With the mumps? Well, I mean, do I, I don't want to wish him a bad... This is classic, classic Fatima contrarianism. It's just weird. I say something I, I nice. Well, not yeah, but it's weird in this situation. Okay, fine. Like, how, how about when this? When someone says, oh yeah, on Facebook, like my cat died. How about, my how about this? My cat died, la la la. And then you like it? That's weird too. Fatima, go ahead and, and say something sad now about, about Neymar having the mumps. Oh, Neymar, we feel so sorry for you, and we're really pissed off that you're not there for, for the charity. <laughs> Everyone was looking forward to it, and then you get the mumps? Come on, dude. Pretty bad timing. That's so bad. Fatima, okay. uh, one awesome. more thing One more thing I wanted to ask you about before we do get to the game is that uh, I saw on your Twitter, you've got a trip to Uganda coming up for Right to Play? Yeah. Um, yeah, Right to Play is a charity that... Uh, well, Poker Stars is helping like the charity out, and um, I'm ambassador for Right to Play Holland. So um, we planned a field trip to Uganda on the 7th of September with Jay Cody and Leo Morgetz and a couple people from Stars and um, someone from Right to Play. And we're going to visit a project over there. Um, they have these local trainers that help kids to learn through games and sports. They teach them how to be more safe, more hygienic things about health and uh, cooperation and stuff. So it's pretty interesting to go there. I had my shots yesterday. Not for the mumps, for the mumps, but for like typhus and Something you uh, picked typhoid up the World and uh, all that stuff. Sorry? Something you picked up and maybe one or two things you picked up in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yellow fever and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Fatima. The game I want to play with you is called Does Fatima Know... How not to swear. And the answer is clearly yes, because I think we've only had one naughty word in the entirety of this interview. No. It's funny. It's funny you don't even hear them anymore. I was like, oh, you, she's, but you're not commenting. You're not that sharp, you know, like about the words. She's had a couple of fucks. I've heard some fucks come out of Fatima. Fatima, what these are, these are all questions. The answers to all these questions are not swear words, okay? Okay. So it's, it's, it's a trivia game about words you can use to replace swear words. And I know this is something oh, wow. you do. So a bit like when a movie's on a network oh, TV at prime time and they they overdub it. Or kind of like I have to do when I'm in the booth and I want to say, like, for example, question number one. Mm? This replacement for the word damn also means to sew. To sew? <laughs> damn. Um... You might need to do this if you have some socks with exactly. some holes in them. So. Uh, damn, damn. I knew that Fatima no would be idea. so bad at coming up with replacements. <laughs> I have no idea. The answer we're looking for there was darn. Oh, darn. Darn. Oh, really? Yes. Darn, yeah, that sucks, though. Socks or sucks? Sucks. I still don't know. Here we go. Question number two. You might not borrow a cup of shit from your neighbor, but instead mm -hmm. one of these. A cup of... Poop? Yes, you would borrow a cup of poop from your neighbor, Fatima. <laughs> Fuck, I'm so glad I don't live next door to you. You were into some weird stuff over I, there. I Helen. always find that I want to have a, a spoonful of poo in my morning coffee. I was just hoping that it would mean something else than just poop in English. You oh, know? Like, sugar, Fatima. Oh, <laughs> sugar. Oh, I was going to say sugar, but... But poop seemed like a better oh, alternative. No, but shit and sugar are not very similar. So I was like, I ha I thought I had to find a different. Word no, no, for, no, no. It's a substitute word. It doesn't mean that it has to mean the same thing. Oh, okay, fine. I was gonna say sugar. 
I'm a, unfortunately, I cannot award you a point for what you were almost going to say. <laughs> Question number three. This delicious chocolate treat is often used to replace the F-bomb. This delicious chocolate th- treat? That's right. And it's nothing to do with poop or shit or cups of it this time. <laughs> so it's with an F, though. A is- finger of blank is just enough to give the kids a treat. It does begin with an F, yes. Oh, F. Uh, so, uh, f- f- whatever. You're yeah. there. You're getting there. You're sounding it out. Fa, fa. Wait, and what's, what's Have you ever seen the movie A Christmas Story? Probably, but it, I blanked out on it probably afterwards. Um, oh. Finger food. Oh. <laughs> Fudge. Fudge. Oh, fudge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fudge. You are 0 for 3, Fatima. That <laughs> is not a good score. That is really fudging bad. Yeah, Question number. That's num- such a shitty word. I like fudge, by the way. It's not very common in Holland, but yeah, it's okay. Fudging is very common in Holland. You can even pay to do it. Question number four. Oh, that's so bad. Okay, if you yeah. were going to refer to someone as the C word, on what day of the week like- would you? Yes, okay, just yeah. like that. That was the one <laughs> where it, it was useful. It was useful to check that you weren't talking about cock. That was th- okay, well, sure. Yeah. That was the one word I wasn't sure was going to get through, so I said C word instead, but luckily Fatima handled that. Here we go. Once again, mm-hmm. the question is if you're going to refer to someone as the C word or. Mm-hmm. Or pussy? Sure. Uh, as the C word, on what day of the week would you say you see them? In Fatima's defense, these are all very English. But Fatima's, look, Fatima's very good at English. Yeah, but not like that, though. Like, what day would I see them? I can't. Oh, you can't. See you. You can't see them. See you next. Oh, see you next uh, Tuesday? Yes! Yes! She's finally on the scoreboard. Yeah, but it was weird. See you next Tuesday. Two more, two more, Fatima. I hope you get this one because this one applies to you. What sporting equipment is often invoked in order to dance around the word hell? Uh, sporting equipment. Hell, hell, bell, well. H-E double what? H-E double W what? So sometimes when people will spell no out idea. the word hell, H-E, double hockey sticks. Oh, double hockey sticks, yeah. Is yeah. the way people mm. get away. Fatima, I've never yeah. heard of that one either. No, everyone in the other room is shaking their heads. I, I think this, this is a it's North Americanism. All right, well, here we go. Hopefully this one applies, and if not, we'll give... We'll it's give... like, Joe, you probably thought of these questions, right, Joe? Yeah, hello? Yeah, I'm here. I don't know. No, I'm here. I'm here. I just was quiet for a second because I was afraid of what was going to come next. One last mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Which foods are often used to replace taking the Lord's name in vain? Specifically, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Like, uh... What two foods are often used to replace... Instead the of Jesus and Christ? Correct. <laughs> uh, oh... Cheese, cheese, cheese. Cheese is one. Cheese is one. What is the and other? That's half a point. Well, I'm happy with half a point. Uh, Christ, uh, 
bad. Cricket crumpets. Crumpets. Cheese and crumpets is incorrect, but you did get half a point. Cheese and rice. Rice. Cheese oh. and rice. Fatima, really? your、That's、final、so、score one and a half out of six. <laughs> so, Fatima, since you did so badly, I'm going to let you say every swear word you can possibly think of no, to express but... how upset you are. No, I have to say, though, this really explains why I swear so much. I always say it's the language barrier. Right? Right. So, because your language is limited in English, you just have、exactly. to replace it with fucks and shits and yeah, cocks. Yeah, it's like. Oh, uh, uh, are you gonna fucking do that shit? And then it kind of covers everything, right? Yeah, right. You, I, I'm, I'm gonna do that shit later. Exactly. And then everyone understands you. People tend to understand me, though. Well, there's a lot of smiling and nodding that happens. I'll give you that much. And some sign language. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's called flipping the bird. Fatima, always a pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you in Barcelona for the start of season 12 of the EPT.、Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you too, guys. It'll be fun. And remember, when are you guys going to be there?、Uh, we will be there from day two of the main event. That's when the live streaming oh, starts. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. we're going to be streaming the last five days of the main event. So we'll be there, I think, from the 25th. Uh, is when we oh, arrive、yeah. in town. So we'll, we'll,、okay. we'll see you then. And, and if、okay. you do, I mean, obviously, we、yeah. hope you make it to the final table of the main event. But should you drop、mm-hmm. by the booth for any reason, remember that we're back to EPT Live where the restrictions are in force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll come by with duct tape on my fuck tape on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, nice, Fatima.、Sir. Bye, Fatima. No problem, guys. Bye. So let's run through. The key dates. We weren't just relying on Fatima for information. We know that we're streaming from the 26th to the 30th. That's when you should be watching EPT Live on Pokestars.tv. Now, these are the key dates. As Fatima said, the Estrella's main event starts on the 19th of August, runs until the 24th. That's a 1K. The Super High Roller in Barcelona, Joe, is a 50K event. Runs over three days from the 22nd to the 24th. Ah, I was only able to raise 49k. And the Astraeus High Roller, which Fatima is、uh, expecting to play, will run on the 23rd and 24th. That's a 2k. Then we come to the EPT main event. Starts on August the 24th. Two day ones. Gonna be so many players. Hopefully it will conclude by the 30th. And we will get down to a champion by that Sunday. Uh, there is a single day high roller. This is the thing that got debuted in the new thing, yeah. Monaco, yeah. It's back for season 12, August the 25th. It's a 25k one day event. And then the standard high roller, the 10k event, runs over the last three days of the festival at the Casino Barcelona from the 28th to the 30th of August. But as ever, and we talked about this before, most of the events running through the Barcelona Festival are going to be low buy in events. 300 euros, 500 euros. So if you fancy a trip to Barcelona between the 18th and the 30th of August, you will find a tournament that suits your bankroll. And if you can't, satellites for the main event still running at pokestars.com. James? It's time to sportify poker. Now, we tried this segment last week, and I think it's fair to say that、um, you were disappointed with the volume of response to your plea. I was, and now we should give Peter Blow, this week's superfan, some credit. He was the only person that wrote in with any suggestions. But this week, 
after being admonished by Uncle Daddy Stapes, you guys got off your fucking dead asses and finally submitted some ways that we can sportify poker, and I did the same. Well, shall we first of all run through Peter's suggestions because he sent in more this week? Let's hear him. Replace the felt with AstroTurf. Cool. On a more serious note, gold, silver, and bronze bracelets. Okay, fair enough. That's good. Uh, all the players at the feature table sit on exercise bikes, generating the electricity to power the live stream. <laughs> that would, exp I mean, in places like Monaco, where we have real power issues, we should have those people on backup, maybe on standby. Uh, Andrew Spears has made a soccer reference, so sorry, this doesn't mean much to me. Let's see what reaction it gets from the other room. Uh, whenever anyone calls clock, Alex Ferguson comes out and taps his wristwatch. Anyone? Anyone? Nope. No, a that shrug. was a grimace. Not a smirk, but a grimace. We so could do some other soccer ones, like, you know, the crowd could piss in a beer bottle and throw it at the players they don't like. There's one soccer one. Or you could just run up and scream in the faces of the other fans that, like, the players that you don't like. Well, clearly inspired by Peter Blow, Nathan Manuel uh, started sending in a, a volume of suggestions. I would love if after showing a bluff, all the other players at the table smack me on the ass. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Grabbing your crotch, spitting. We, I think we had spitting submitted last week, right? Yeah, and Nathan submits that one again. We should be chewing tobacco and spitting on the felt much more often. It's nasty as shit, but we'll look tough. And Nathan wants a jersey where the numbers and suits of your favorite hand are on your back. He wants the ten and jack of hearts, please. I like that. You like your favorite hand? Oh, my God, it continues. Another one from Nathan. Oversized foam World Series of Poker bracelets for my railbirds. That is what is up. I like these. I don't think they're necessarily sport. I don't think this is what they mean when the serious people say sportify the game. These are the things I actually like. Can I read one I got from Facebook? Please do. And I'm, I actually came up with some other sportify music. Tell me what you think of this, this James. Wow, yeah. Welcome to the Sportified Poker Arena. This is from uh, Hashem, I think his name is. Hashem. First of all, I don't understand is why do people want to sportify poker? It's a game and people play it. No need for anything else. But here are my suggestions anyway. A sport usually means that countries are represented, so there should be an event where poker players represent their countries as teams. Three teams of three will make a final table of nine. They'll play for gold, silver, bronze, and they split the money equally as a team. And the country gets the credit, not individual player. Other than that, the game doesn't really need to change. It needs a community that has the same missions, and by that, I mean the different tours. Like the EPT and the LSOP and all the other tours. They have to have the same values and look to achieve the same thing and leave the commotion to the players on the poker tables. As you can see, I use 147 characters. That's why I couldn't use Twitter. Hope you read this, and I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Hashem. Thanks, Hashem. I had a couple of my own suggestions, James. You ready for mine? Okay, we still got some more fan ones, by the way. All right, do the fan ones. Do the fan ones. Uh, Freddy says, have water boys on hand to squirt their drinks into their faces. Yeah, squirting drinks and faces. Woo, Sportify. Freddy says, slow rolling gets you five minutes in the penalty box. And Jeff says there should be yellow and red cards for tanking. Hashtag soccer, not football. Mine has to do with tanking also. Mine takes us to the sport of swimming. For as long as a player is tanking, they have to hold their breath. <laughs> That's how you sportify poker. And then finally, my last suggestion, really to sportify poker, is if they want to dodge out, 
They should literally have to dodge outs. And I think you take like a bunch of tennis balls with all the outs written on them. You get to fire them at the player and he has to run like American Gladiator style, like the assault course. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge an ace. That's right. You gotta literally dodge your outs. You get, you get plunked by a club, that's it. Flush in your face. So think about that. That, my friends, is how you sportify poker. Well, as you mentioned, Joe, we did get many suggestions across the last two weeks from a gentleman here in the United Kingdom, and that's why we're going to give him the chance to win some prizes. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So last week... The Step C ticket was not in play because we had a contestant from Ohio in the United States of America, but we've come back across the Atlantic this week to Guilford in the county of Surrey, and we're rewarding someone who sent in more tweets about sportifying poker than any sane person should. Uh, we say hello to EPT Live superfan Peter Blow. Hello, James. Peter Blow, what's up, dude? Man, I gotta tell you, I got a, I got a real love-hate relationship with this super fan. Peter Blow, at one time, can be so supportive and so cool and send in so many great tweets. And other times, you can be a big, fat troll. <laughs> <laughs> what is your deal, man? I can't figure you out. Like, sometimes I want to fucking kill you. Well, you know, um, you got to mix it up, haven't you? <laughs> Is it, I mean, is it one of those things where, like, is it just about trying to be funny or sometimes are you, are the claws out? Um, it varies, actually. It depends on... Um... <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's all supportive, Jay. It's all supportive. Pete, what's your... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Do, what's your, do you have a day job? Are you a professional poker player? What's your deal? Um, at the moment, I've just uh, I'm taking some time off from work. I've been playing quite a bit of poker, so... Uh... I was out in Vegas for the summer, but um, before that, I used to um, design video games and um, just do some cool stuff like that. Really. That sounds cool. What's what's your um, most favorite game that you designed? Um, I don't know, uh, Syndicate Wars, or I worked on Dungeon Keeper, and I feel like either I know park. those games, or I either know them, or they're like the most generic sounding games that they could be made up. <laughs> they were they were big in the UK. I worked so on, on Dragon <laughs> Gates and Alien Firepower. <laughs> no, they were big in the UK and Europe, but not so big in the States. Now, oh. Pete, one of the reasons why you were selected as this week's superfan is obviously because you are a superfan. The other reason is you're one of the few people who actually adhered to my request to state what their interest or specialist subject is. I will give Pete this. He follow, He knows how to follow directions. He's not one of those people where I have to be like, you blew it. You didn't do it right. You're an idiot. You're definitely not an idiot. Are you saying that Peter Blow doesn't blow it? He does not blow it. That's good to know. And, and Peter, you said that your um, specialist subject is the carry-on movies. Yeah, I've kind of, you know, I'm that age where... Can I just tap out? What the fuck is carry-on? They were a very popular series of comedy movies. Every one of them. Pete's watched every one of them. They were around in the kind of sixties, seventies, went into the eighties and early nineties. Is it even. like your version of Cheech and Chong? What's that? No, no. Like I, it's not maybe a stoner movie. Well, but there's like a whole series of them that like really were never very popular, but some people no, love them. These these were hugely popular. It was one of the most okay. successful film franchises 
in UK history, along with the James Bond films. Okay. What is it? Was Benny Hill the star? No, no. I mean, you're going to learn a lot from these questions. Now, obviously, Pete, this this was going to be ridiculously one-sided because Joe hasn't even heard of the Carry On (laughs) films. So this has been outsourced once again to a Carry On expert. I say that, actually, I just thought of someone who was retired and therefore had a lot of time on their hands. So my dad has basically given us 20 questions. Um which are in the sealed envelope. Now, they are multiple choice, but here's the thing. If you can answer the question without multiple choice, I'll give you two points. If you request four options, then it's only worth one point. So there is a chance, Joe, that purely by guessing, purely by taking a stab in the dark, you will get on the scoreboard. Okay, fine. Um, So, shall we get the game underway? Let's do it. Let's go. Superfan versus Stakes. Pete, as the superfan, as our guest, I will allow you to pick first. Um, give me a number between 1 and 20. Um, 17. This is so many steps. Give me a number between 1 and 20 and then pick a day of the week and then decide if you want to answer it straight away or take a multiple choice. If you take the multiple choice, your points will be cut in half. However, on days ending in Y, they will count for twice half those points. Talking of trolling, thank you, Joe. <laughs> Pete. What was the first carry-on film to be made in colour? Uh, carry on cruising. It was for two points. Joseph, give me a number between one and twenty. Eighteen. Question Legal 18. age in most countries and states around the world. My favourite age, 18. Now remember, you can go for it for two points, or you can take the multiple choice option for one point. I'm going to go for the multiple choice option. Okay. Which <laughs> carry-on movie was banned from UK television when the first Gulf War started? Was it A, follow that camel, B, <laughs> carry on spying, C, carry on up the Khyber, or D, carry on up the jungle? Four fucking choices? You're going to be shitting me. Um, follow that camel. Is incorrect. There's no stealing in this game, by the way, because the multiple choice option. The answer was carry on up the Kyber. Uh, Pete, you're 2-0 up, and you get to pick another question. Number between 1 and 20. 17 and 18 are gone. What's a Kyber? 20. Question 20. In Carry On At Your Convenience... Did your dad really write 20 questions? I asked him for nine questions. He gave me 20. Oh, man. Retired people are the best. Retired people with (laughs) access to the internet are an unstoppable force. He's like, these are my top 20. Let me know if you need more. (laughs) (laughs) In Carry On At Your Convenience, Sid James's character owns a budgie that tips winning racehorses. What is the budgie's name? Oh, wow. Um, you can take the multiple choice options. Yeah, I okay. definitely need multiple choice Okay, options. is it A, Bluey, B, Joey, C, Tweety, or D, Lester? That'll be between Bluey and Joey. I shall go for Bluey. It was the other one, Joey. <sighs> Don't worry, you still have a 2-0 lead, which I think will hold. Joe! What question well, would you like next? we only have next? 16 more questions no, to get through. Don't worry, you're only going to get four <laughs> questions each. I don't want people sort of reaching the two-hour mark of this podcast thinking, when are these carry-on questions going to end? Can I just ask a quick question? What is the general gist of the carry-on movies? Are they all the same characters? They all... It's the same cast, normally, but okay. playing characters with ridiculous punny names. They're, they're, they're just 
they're fast. It's like a sketch turned into a movie. Well, kind of like, you know, Carry On Camping, for example, is a comedy set on a campsite with busty babes and Sid James going, wah, wah, wah. Okay. Is that, right. It is kind of Benny Hill humor. You were okay. right in that, res- in that right. sense. Question number one, please. Question number one. Which Carry On regular made their last appearance in Carry On Abroad? Would you like the multiple choice options? Yeah, give me the multiple choice options. Was it Barbara Windsor, Charles Hawtrey, Joan Sims, or Hattie Jakes? Joan Sims. Is incorrect. It was Charles Hawtrey. Pete. His name is Charles Hawtrey. See, you knew that one. But you have to pick a, pick a question, see if you know the next one. Because he knows the last names of everyone that has dirty-sounding last names. Peter Blow, <laughs> Charles Hawtrey. That's why I like him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's take number two. Number two. In which carry-on did Peter Butterworth make his debut? Ooh. Um... Are you going to go for the two points, or would you like the options for one point? I think I will... Hmm... You know what would have been a more fair category, James, of questions? Of like, how about just questions about like Peter Blow's dad? Because <laughs> I know exactly as much about Peter Blow. Actually, I know more about Peter Blow's dad than I know about the Carry On movies. Because at least I know his last name's probably Blow. Are you taking the options, Pete? I'm just ignoring you now. James. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take the options. Okay, yeah. Carry On Girls, Carry On Regardless, Carry On Cowboy, or Carry On England? Oh, I was Cowboy then. It was indeed for a point. You are three nil up. This is this is horseshit. Carry on horseshit. It is not one of the answers. But can go on, go on, go go for it. Next one. Uh, question. You know what? I'm gonna pick my lucky number. Question number nine. Question number nine. Carry on, Dick. <laughs> was the final carry on for which of the regulars? Would you like me to give you the options? Charles Hortree is one of the options. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no choices. Charles Hortree. Oh, I, I got a gamble. Do you know what? I genuinely think if I'd given you all the options, you might have got it because I mentioned him earlier on. The answer was Sid James. Ah, Sid James. Uh, Pete, I believe it's your last question. So pick a number. Um, I'll take the other half of Joe's favorite number. I'll take six. You will take six. <laughs> he's a fucking. He's too clever, this guy. I want him off the airwaves. How many times did Hattie Jakes play the matron character? Ooh, um, poor. Nurse, matron. Um, what's for another one? Doctor. Three. The answer was four. Oh, you're you're terrible at this. Have you even seen a Carry On movie? Have you even <laughs> fucking ever been to the movies before? Now, spoiler alert, Pete. You are going to win. But let's <laughs> see if Joe can at least salvage some dignity and get on the board. Uh, pick a question, Joe. We all know that there's no dignity to be salvaged. Question number seven, please. Question number seven. How many carry-on films were in black and white? Would you like the options? No. You're going to take a punt? Yep. Three. The answer was seven. Man, there's a lot of those effing movies, huh? Jesus Christ. Just out of interest, how many actually are there, Pete? Ballpark. I, re- I reckon there's about 30. 30 films in yeah. this series. Jesus. I'm sorry, cheese and rice. That's a lot so, of... <laughs> here's the prize, Pete. You get... 
the Step C ticket worth 27 euros so you can try and satellite your way into an EPT main event. Plus, you get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Joe, your punishment is you have to watch all 30 carry-on movies on Betamax. I don't think I can do that. I think I would rather Peter blow someone. Peter, thank you very much for taking part. Congratulations on crushing Superfan vs. Stapes. You get that ticket, we'll send you the t-shirt, and continue to enjoy our podcasting and live streaming. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. Well, my babies, that is it. We are all out of time for this week's episode of EPT Not Live. And I don't think we're not back next week, are we? Well, you say that. I've got a little surprise. Oh, God. We, this sounds like something. Now, I'm- you don't have to do any work. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, OK. I'm into it. Yes. OK, yes. keep going. I've decided as we're away for two weeks for EPT Barcelona, I'm going to give the fans a special bonus episode next week. That's right. Because this is our 15th episode, it's time for the obligatory best of podcast. Yeah. Wait, we're going to have a best of? We've been running for like a month. Well, I just thought it's a great introductory tool for people who've yet to discover EPT Not Live, who don't have time to listen to the first 15 shows to catch up on some of the best moments, the best example of Superfan versus Stapes, maybe one of your best anecdotes, Joe, uh, one of our best interviews. It's only probably going to be an hour long, but it's going to be a little highlights compilation, a special bonus show for the hardcore. We're going to call it the Get Your Friend to Listen episode. So yes. you go like, hey, you know what? There's this podcast I like. You want to know what it's like? Listen to this one. Listen to the best of. So no real true edition, not episode 16, but let's call it episode 15A. That'll be coming out next week. Then we're in Barcelona. That's when you should be watching EPT live on Pokestars.tv. Remember, coverage of the Barcelona main event from the 26th through to the 30th of August. And then we are back after that, Joe. And that's when we will be discussing our trip to Barcelona and of course we'll be continuing to review those PCA 2015 TV shows that are airing in the UK right now and are also available to watch at youtube.com slash pokerstars that's it kids that's the long and the short of it just to recap what James said make sure you listen to EPT actually live coming up in the next few weeks from Barcelona but until then for James Hardigan I'm Joe Stapleton smell you later